Welcome to Post Pandemic. I'm Courtney Carthy. Each episode, we look at a specific part of society, culture, or the world and ask a guest to imagine what that might be like after this is all over. This episode, Daniel Kasijevic, he counts cards, thinks about blackjack, and has an insight into what casinos will be like post-pandemic. You've got a bit of history with this. Uh, We first came in contact in 2014 when you were on ABC Radio. Uh, I think we got in touch through Reddit and you'd been politely but firmly asked to leave Crown Casino because you were reasonably successful at Blackjack. I started card counting when I started university about 2003 um, and it sort of escalated from there and um, you know, my play, so to speak, became bigger. And obviously, you know, when you start pushing out bigger bets and things like that onto the felt, um, you draw the attention of, of the casino surveillance and things like that. And it eventually uh, did lead to them giving me the tap on the shoulder and, and, and saying, you know, we, we don't want you um, playing blackjack anymore. More specifically, restrict my betting. Um, uh, I guess the main way a counter will gain an advantage in the game um, is is being able to to spread your bets based on on, on the count. So as the count increases, um, you know there's a more positive expectation for the player, um, and and therefore you 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 know you normally raise your bets accordingly. So by restricting my um, my betting to the minimum bet, um, I wasn't able to to sort of gain that advantage anymore. So the cards come out, you get a look, you see the dealers single card I think above and then you get a chance to raise again and that's where you would really jump on it and they restricted your bets to the minimum I was restricted to the to the minimum bet um, playing only one box uh, as well so I couldn't um, play multiple boxes so ordinarily a blackjack felt or layout um, will have anywhere between five to seven playing boxes um, you know, you could theoretically play all seven if you're alone on the table and, 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 and you know, bet any amount that you wanted to, as long as it was between the minimum and maximum um, um, values that were assigned to the table. But they restricted me to, to, to making uh, the minimum bet on one box only. And I, I take it you're up? You haven't lost money on this? Um, well, look, I think I did fairly well um, over the years I was there. Um, you know, obviously, that's probably why they made that decision to restrict my play. Um, but look, it's not it's not uncommon um, it's not uncommon for casinos to to restrict plays they suspect you know are advantage plays even if they're on a you know a big losing streak and a down um, they don't really base those decisions on whether you win or lose uh, it's more whether you, you know they they can see you and identify you moving your money uh, according to the count so um, you know I have heard instances where people have been on uh, you know, big losing streak and have been told not to play uh, anymore, even though they're down. I suppose that sounds reasonably responsible by the casinos. But let's let's get stuck into uh, the seven questions um, that every guest gets on each episode of Post-Pandemic. The first one being, what will be different about Blackjack and the casino environment after the pandemic has passed and things sort of return to some some sort of normal, 
as you said, I think it can be looked at in, in a couple ways. That is, you know, the context of the casino environment itself and, and how they operate and sort of what rule changes, if any, um, casinos might make uh, in order to, to bolster their revenue streams. Uh, obviously, you know, like a lot of businesses, they're suffering. Um, you know, they're not earning any money at the moment. Um, so they might need to make changes to, to the way they operate as well. Um, you know, when you look at casinos, traditionally, you'll find masses of people huddled together, um, you know, across rows of poker machines or around tables, um, whether it be sort of, you know, craps, roulette, where obviously a lot of people can congregate around. And um, I guess in the context of what I'm discussing today, even even the blackjack tables, um, you know, from, from my observation, I'm sure anyone that's walked into a casino, um, you know, they can be quite grotty places at times. There's probably little actual cleaning done on the casino floors themselves, um, you know, day to day, uh, you know, aside from the odd person you might see coming through, um, vacuuming the floor or something like that. And, and when you handle the chips themselves in the casino, again, you realize that those are rarely cleaned. Um, there's a lot of grime on them. Um, you know, I've read that some casinos do wash their chips regularly. Um, however, it's often sort of deemed a bit of a chore um, because surveillance does have to become involved um, to make sure everything's above board and they'd rather not have to sort of, uh, you know, deal with that hassle. Um, and, and I guess the disturbing thing about such a practice, you know, uh, allowing multiple players to sort of continually touch and handle the same chips between themselves, between dealers, uh, you know, pressing the same buttons on those pokey machines, um, is that, you know, the chance for transmission of, of illness causing bacteria or, or viruses is um, quite astounding. Um, I, I, you know, I recently read an article, um, it was titled Gambling With Your Health, um, you know, bacterial contamination on, on casino gaming chips. And, um, you know, that sort of study looked at, at, at you know, what could be found uh, on gaming chips. And, you know, one of the things that they did find was was, was E. coli, um, you know, of course, that being a, a type of fecal bacteria. So obviously not, not, not the cleanest environments. Um, so I certainly think, you know, one thing that will have to change is how often gaming floors are cleaned, gaming chips as well, um, even the gaming layouts, the felts, um, they'll, I think they'll need to be regularly cleaned, steam cleaned. Um, you know, generally, again, I've, I've sort of only ever found that they're cleaned if someone accidentally spills a drink or something on them. Um, I haven't really seen them being cleaned whatsoever. Uh, you know, sometimes the felts are, are replaced, um, but, you know, in, in between their replacement, I don't think there's really much cleaning going on, uh, as I said, unless something's spilt on them. I think, you know, we'll also find more dealers perhaps wearing protective masks. Um, and, you know, before the complete sort of lockdown of casinos, we did sort of start seeing that uh, happening. So um, dealers were protecting themselves. Um, and I think distancing will be another thing casinos will need to, to maintain. Um, we sort of already saw that start um, starting to happen um, just prior to the complete shutdown. Uh, at Crown in, in, in Melbourne, um, I think I saw that only every second poker machine was turned on. Uh, only, only three or four players were allowed at gaming tables, um, which normally, you know, might have up to seven player spots on them, um, you know, in the context of, of, of blackjack, as I mentioned before, and observers weren't allowed to, to huddle around the tables and watch. Uh, and the same thing happened in, in Macau. Uh, they stopped people observing tables. They reduced the overall number of tables that were operating um, and, and limited players uh, to, to four per table. I think that was in the context of Baccarat, which is a different card game. Um, now, I guess in terms of the rules of blackjack itself, um, there's been quite a bit of speculation, uh, you know, 
concerning this. You know, obviously there's a lot of discussion on online forums and people who are sort of, um, you know, in this business um, and, you know, sort of questions being asked, will they offer more favourable rules to entice players and get people back? Uh, or, you know, will they worsen them perhaps to increase the house edge and therefore their own return? Um, look, personally, I don't think the rules themselves will become more favourable um, or change at all. I think, you know, the casinos will ask themselves, you know, has the proliferation of, of, of the inferior rules that they've implemented over the past two decades kept players away? Um, and, you know, the answer to that is, is, a, is a resounding no. Um, and look, what I mean by that is that, you know, casino, uh, casinos have continually deteriorated the rules of blackjack in their favour for, you know, quite a number of years now. Um, you know, sort of going back to, to Crown, for instance, it was sort of my home base um, for a number of years, as I said. And, and look, when it first opened um, back in the 90s, I mean, I wasn't old enough um, then to, to sort of enter uh, into the establishment. But when it did open, um, you know, it, it, its rules gave the house edge um, just a little over half a percent uh, and the minimums were as low as, as $5, up to about $10 when I first started playing in 2003. Um, you know, now the place is littered with, with things called CSMs and just, you know, a bit of context, um, if you don't know what a CSM is, it, it, it stands for Continuous Shuffling Machine. Um, so it basically means that the, the cards are continually shuffled back into the deck, um, you know, once they're drawn out and essentially makes card counting uh, impossible uh, or obsolete. Um, so I think the only sort of traditional shoe games, and, and by shoe I mean, um, you know, games where where the cards are sort of stacked in that rectangular box and, and dealt to almost completion. Um, you know, those shoe games are, are now minimum $50 uh, and, and the rules sort of give them an edge that's over 0.75%. So, look, I think what's more likely to change is, is things like the table minimums. Um, the average gambler will sort of base their choice of, of table on, on the minimum bet. Um, you know, if anyone walks in the casino, they'll probably, you know, determine what they'd be comfortable um, with betting. So I think that might change. They might adjust those minimum bets downwards, um, which will obviously allow more people to, to be able to access the games and increase their, their volume of play. Um, I've also been seeing um, cash incentives being offered to players in Macau to entice them to return. Um, that might be another thing we see, um, plus other sort of promotional items being offered, whether it's sort of match play coupons or free play coupons and, and things like that. Right. And you were recently in Las Vegas as well. Is that right? Um, I was in Vegas late last year. Um, I was also there the year before that, in 2016. I've pretty much gone once a year. I think I've been there about four times, yes, since 2016. For people that may have never been to Vegas like myself, What's the um, the point of difference for the casinos there? You know, to compare gambling, um, you know, in 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 Vegas versus say Australia, it's, it's just there's just a lot more on offer. Um, so you know, it's just a big place in the middle of the desert. You know, bright neon lights and and you know the strip, um, the main strip. You know, just has dozens of casinos um, lining that that street. Um, and you know, you've also got downtown, original sort of old school Vegas um, as well. And um, I guess because there are so many, you know, so many casinos there, uh, you know, and so much competition, the games that they offer um, are generally far more favourable than, than, you know, than in Australia. I mean, in, in Australia, most casinos, I guess, have their own sort of state-based monopoly. Uh, obviously, in Victoria, we've only got the one casino 
Um, same in South Australia. Um, WA, Tasmania has two. Uh, and then, you know, we've only got the one in, in New South Wales. Um, soon, I think soon there'll be Barangaroo opening. Um, and then there's actually three or four in Queensland. So because there are so little casinos in Australia, um, the blackjack rules themselves are quite quite terrible. Um, it's, it's very difficult uh, if you wanted to get into the sort of the card counting trade now. I'd probably not really advise you to do it. Um, it is getting much more difficult. I mean, as I said before, you know, you could walk into Crown back when it opened and even the early 2000s and, and, and find an abundance of, of beatable games at, at, you know, at $10 a bet minimum, um, whereas now the rules are far worse and, you, you know, you've got to you know, uh, be able to afford a $50 minimum bet, which means, I mean, if you really wanted to take it seriously, you'd, you'd need quite a, a large bankroll. Oh, you know, bankroll management is something that's important in this, in this game. Um, you need to be able to sort of, Cushion variance, um, you know, negative variance does happen at times. You will, you know, you will experience losing streaks, even though you might be playing with a, a positive expectation, losing still occurs. You know, blackjack's a, a game of the long run. Um, you know, you, you will, um, you know, should you be doing everything correctly, um, find that you'll, you'll be making money in the long run. But yeah, as I said, that doesn't mean you won't encounter negative variance short term. And that's why you do need proper bankroll management. And, you know, to try and tackle a place like Crown today, you probably need at least $75,000. Wow. Do you have spreadsheets that you enter, you know, your, you know, win or loss on? I did sort of have spreadsheets, um, yeah, when I was playing at Crown. Um, look, as I said now, I'm, I'm not really welcome there anymore, so I haven't actually stepped foot in, 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 in the place in, in quite a while. Um, I, I did... You know, I did take a trip to, to Tasmania as well. Um, I lasted there three days before I was asked not to play. I was in Cairns early last year. Again, after three days of play, I was told no more. Um, and even though I'd never shown identification or identified myself at the casino, they addressed me by name. I'm not sure how they found that out, but, um, perhaps I was on some kind of database. Um, so yeah, they, they stopped my play. Um, quite quickly. I think you're definitely on a database. Can you just tell me about the experience of basically getting muscled out of a casino in Australia? They, they're very polite about it. Do you sort of like give them a smile and say, yeah, all right, I'm leaving? You know, how does, how does that interaction happen? Crown were quite polite about it. Um, I was actually playing blackjack at the time it happened and they actually let me finish playing. Um, uh, my session, uh, and, and once I did stop playing, they just sort of tapped me on the shoulder and, and handed me a letter, you know, explaining that I was restricted. Um, Tasmania was a bit more aggressive. Um, they started, you know, physically pushing my bets out of the circle, telling me I couldn't bet. Um, one of the casino managers came up to me, and, you know, quite aggressively said, we're, you know, we're this close to kicking you out of here. Um, as I said before, the same thing happened in, 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 in Cairns. Um, you know, it, it was fairly aggressive. Um, I think, you know, he, the casino manager was trying to be quite intimidating by, as I said, addressing me by name, uh, even though I'd never given it before. I think he just wanted to let me know that, you know, we know who you are, so uh, don't try and come back. Question two, what do you think will become obsolete in blackjack and casinos after 
the pandemic is over. I mean, given what I what I mentioned before, sort of in the context of distancing, I think one of the things that you know might be under threat is is a technique called wonging. Um, so wonging is so named because of its inventor uh, Stanford Wong, um, who's uh, you know quite a, a prolific author in 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 the game of of blackjack and and this technique that he developed. So the technique basically involves standing behind the table and observing a blackjack game. Um, so essentially you know, counting down the deck and, and, and entering at a usually a predetermined point um, when the count means that, you know, the game is advantageous to the player. So the difference between, you know, traditional play and wonging, um, with, you know, with traditional play, as I said, you'll sit down, you know, you might bet the minimum bet until the count dictates you should start raising your bets. With wonging, you're only entering the game when it's advantageous to the player. Um, so, you know, people who play uh, in such a fashion, as I said, will, will enter the game when it's favourable and, and generally exit the game at a point when the, gout, when the, when the count dictates, uh, you know, the shoe is no longer favourable um, or they just might play out until, until a shuffle occurs, at which point they'll simply stand up, um, you know, go find a new shoe that's about to be shuffled, count that down and, you know, and again, enter uh, when it's appropriate, uh, you know, and sort of just rinse and repeat this process going around a casino. Um, some casinos have already sort of thwarted this by implementing uh, a rule um, it's, you know, it's called no mid-shoe entry. Um, and as the name implies, it prevents people from entering a game uh, if they haven't sort of made a bet from the beginning of the shoe. Uh, so it does stop people wonging um, and, and, you know, just sort of jumping from, from shoe to shoe. But, you know, for casinos that still allow mid-shoe entry, I think any, you know, potential distancing rules... Um, would sort of prevent this altogether. Um, so, you know, as whether it's by enforcing the no mid-shoe entry rule or these new um, these new distancing rules, um, you know, I think that's sort of under threat um, because uh, it already has started happening. As I said, at Crown and Macau, um, people are not allowed to sort of just stand around and observe the games if they're not playing. Um, look, another thing that might become obsolete are the, are the pitch games. Um, so... I'll sort of explain what a pitch game is. So ordinarily with, with multi-deck games, um, you know, the cards are simply dealt out onto the felt face up, um, you know, from that from the shoe, the box that I described before. Um, players aren't allowed to touch the cards whatsoever. So you make hand signals, um, you know, determining what you want to do and and, and, and the dealer will um, the dealer will, will touch the cards for you, you know, if you want to split them and double, things like that. In a pitch game, however, uh, which is typically played with just a single deck or two decks, um, and we don't we don't have pitch games in Australia. These are more games you'll find in, in places like Vegas. Um, but the dealer will physically give the cards to the players face down and the players are allowed to pick them up and handle them. Um, and then, you know, they'll make, um, you know, signals with the cards themselves. So generally, if you hold the cards and scratch them towards you, it means you're going to hit, um, things like that. So I guess given the possibility of, of, of transmission, of, you know, diseases and things like that, it might be the case that only only the traditional shoe games are used, um, even even with the single and double deck games. And look, I don't really see this as being a, a major issue. Many casinos deal uh, even single and double deck games from a shoe regardless. So... Um, but yeah, look, I mean, it, it just, I guess it does feel more engaging from a player's perspective if you are allowed to sort of handle the cards. But, you know, it might be something that is under threat. Um, and another thing that might possibly become obsolete, and this probably is probably my most outlandish suggestion, but, you know, gaming chips themselves. Uh, I don't mean, I don't really see any reason why brick and mortar casinos 
couldn't mimic how live dealer online casinos operate. Um, so, I mean, they basically use uh, a, a dealer who's live streamed to, to whoever's playing. Uh, you know, they'll physically deal out the cards to players. Um, the only difference is players obviously in their lounge rooms or wherever they may be making digital wages. Um, so, the, you know, any sort of wages are, are settled digitally. Um, you know, whether they win or lose, that'll just be credited to their online account. So perhaps even brick and mortar casinos could consider using you know, a similar system um, whereby players use some kind of, uh, you know, preloaded electronic card or, or something that keeps a, a, a tab of, of their, you know, their, their balance, so to speak. And, and you know, they're, they're free to make wages electronically without the need to handle um, gaming chips. Um, and then, you know, as in, in traditional sort of casinos, simply cash out of the cashier once, at the cashier once they're done. It sounds like atmosphere is the thing that's going to become obsolete in blackjack and casinos. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's going to have to, to sort of be the way of the future. And yeah, atmosphere is, is a big part of, of the game. Um, yeah, uh, you know, people huddling around the craps table and, you know, rolling the dice and things like that. And, you know, if, if someone's betting large sums of money, um, that usually draws people to congregate around the table. Um, and obviously, I think the casinos are slowly starting to, 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 to stop that. Um, yeah, as, as we saw already, if you're not playing, uh, they don't want you standing around observing. Question three, what will be different post-pandemic in your daily life? Maybe when you're uh, visiting a casino or just um, getting around day to day? Look, I think I've mainly become more aware of, of you know, the potential health um, health hazard casinos, uh, you know, could pose. Uh, you know, in, in the past, if I ever played a, a blackjack session and, you know, interact with the cards and chips and things like that, I might leave and, you know, go to the food court or, or visit a restaurant without really too much consideration for, you know, what I'd been doing, what I'd been touching, what I'd been handling. Uh, you know, I didn't really sort of, well, my mind really hadn't really thought about the fact that I had been touching all these chips and those chips could have been touched by people, you know, touching other things and, you know, kind of don't really want to think about that now. But I think I've become more aware and I think a lot of us have become more aware about sort of, you know, the bacteria and viruses and things that might be lurking on our hands. You know, certainly I'm washing a lot, you know, my hands frequently now, sanitising them. So I think, I think you know, overall general Hygiene, you know, will will, will change um, with with players, uh, even dealers themselves. As I said, you know, I think a lot of them are wearing masks and masks and things these days. Uh, but, but I mean, to be honest, in terms of the actual gameplay, I don't really think much of how I play would be affected. Um, as I said, unless of course casinos did implement and enforce some kind of distancing distancing policy, uh, which precluded any form of of that technique. As I said, the, the wonging technique. Um, I did do that a fair bit, uh, particularly in, in Australia, where we don't have access to those those single or double deck games like they they do in the US. So, you know, in Australia, you can only play six and eight deck games, the multi deck games. So, um, you know, from a uh, from a, a a bankroll management perspective, it is a lot better uh, if you can Wong. Um, as I said, because you're only playing situations which are advantageous, so you're, you're removing all those negative expectation hands. Um, so you know it does make um, you know bankroll management a bit easier, and you know variance, um, you know reduce variance a bit as well. A question for what positives, um, maybe other than the better hygienic situation at casinos, do you see coming from COVID nineteen? 
Um, yeah, so I guess given those distancing measures, you know, which we've already seen taking place um, pre-lockdown, I think, you know, I think they will continue to remain in force. And, and, and having less people allowed at a table, um, you know, say only three or four spots, um, is, instead of the traditional seven, which, you know, as I said before, blackjack can be played with generally up to seven. I think some casinos might even have eight spots. Um, it, it certainly would make it a lot better for the counter. Uh, ideally, most card counters do prefer to play heads up or, or, or you know, with as little um, others, uh, you know, on the table as possible. Uh, and, you know, certainly this is what distancing and limiting um, play boxes will achieve. And I guess the reason it is beneficial to have fewer players um, is that it does increase um, the game tempo. It increases the rounds per hour that, you know, someone can theoretically play. Um, you know, if you're playing heads up, you know, it might be possible to get over 200 hands per hour in. Um, however, with a full table of, of seven people, um, you know, people that make slow decisions, you might only get 50 to 60 rounds per hour in. Uh, and, and of course, the more rounds per hour you can play, uh, obviously, the quicker you can get your money on the felt in, in advantageous situations. And, and therefore, um, you know, you can increase your, your theoretical hourly return. I mean, I, I ran... Uh, a basic computer simulation using software, um, you know, just to sort of illustrate this. And, you know, someone who's being dealt only 60 rounds an hour, uh, you know, representing a, a really packed table, um, you know, all seven spots being played, um, say with a with a bet spread of $25 to a, a top bet of $300, um, you know, would yield a return of around $30 an hour. However, if it was only, if you got 140 hours, 140 rounds per hour, so in, um, you know, someone playing with perhaps just two or three other players, um, you know, you could be earning up to $74 an hour. Um, and then, you know, if you got a heads up table, um, you know, you could be earning about $115 an hour. So, you know, your, your, your theoretical hourly win rate, um, does increase when there are fewer people on the table. Um, so I think that would certainly be, uh, a positive. Uh, if they did enforce distancing at the tables themselves, um, less people, more, you know, sort of more rands per hour, more money out and felt. Um, another possible, you know, possible positive change, and, and this sort of contradicts what I said earlier, um, it's sort of, you know, the other school of thought, um, is that, you know, casinos might actually improve their rules in order to entice more players. I mean, I don't actually think it's a, it's a bad idea. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a, a bad dis, a business dis, um, business decision. Um, you know, when you look at sort of revenue from gaming in the in the US, um, for example, I mean, the state with the second most revenue behind Nevada is actually Pennsylvania, and that's actually a state where the government has sanctioned rules um, for the game of blackjack and, and rules which are you know typically favourable to the player. So the house edge there is. Yeah, the house edge is typically around 03 to 0.4%, um, which is, you know, very, very good for the player. So it, it, it shows that you don't necessarily have to implement bad rules to increase your revenue. Um, uh, it, it is a bit of an anomaly. Um, and it sort of doesn't make sense why do sort of more favorable rules for the play increase revenue, but, you know, it does. So, um, you know, if they, you know, if they do sort of want to, move away from their traditional thinking, uh, you know, they might want to look at that state just to, you know, to, to show that you, know, you don't necessarily need to, to enforce bad rules um, to increase your revenue. Can you explain that percentage, how that percentage works? So you said 0.34 of a percent. Does that mean if it's zero, you've got no chance of winning? If it's one, you've got you win every time? Or how does that percentage work? House Edge is is basically 
you know what what the casino is expected to to, to make uh, as in for when when you make a wager so if the house edge is only 0.3% for every $100 you wager the casino is only going to make 30 cents um, so you know, obviously it's a very small edge um, you know in, in the game of roulette for example uh, if it's a single zero roulette, the house edge is 2.5%. So for every $100 wagered, the casino is going to make $2.50. In double zero roulette, the house edge actually doubles. It's over 5%. So again, every $100 wagered, the casino in the long run is going to make $5 from you. Um, so yeah, I mean, traditionally, blackjack itself has a very low house edge. So even if you're not counting cards uh, and you you know, you know you simply pay, play perf uh, perfect basic strategy, um, you're only going to be losing, you know, 50 cents for every $100 wager. So it, it's a good game to, I guess, stretch your money if you're sort of just playing for entertainment value. Yeah, wow. Question five, how do you think you'll describe the pandemic, um, I suppose, where we are now to somebody in the future that, you know, didn't experience it that might sidle up next to you on a blackjack table? Yeah, look, I, I, I think sort of going from what you said um before Courtney, you know, casinos are about atmosphere. Um, you know, I think a lot of people go because of atmosphere. So, you know, I think I'd probably describe to them, you know, scenes of people huddled closely around tables, you know, sitting shoulder to shoulder, barely any room to move. Um, you know, especially if it was a, a Friday or Saturday night. Um, you know, as I said before as well, you know, that sometimes people five to six deep behind the casino tables observing, uh, especially if there was someone placing quite substantially large bets uh, or people on, you know, quite big, you know, massive winning streaks. They, those sort of situations um, usually led to, to sort of people huddling around and, and watching and, you know, the good old days when you could just observe a table and, and back count in order to, to wong in when the count was favourable. Um, but look, I mean, to be honest, I think if, if I was sitting next to, to, to someone, particularly if they were a card counter, um, I think they'd be enjoying the casino of the future where, you know, as I said, there would be distancing enforced and, and more stringent hygiene practices um, and, you know, less players around them, um, you know, them being able to get sort of more more rounds per hour in. Because of that, I think, I think a, a counter would actually prefer the, the casino of the future, to be honest. Uh, question six, if you were to write a book, film or TV series about the pandemic, what do you reckon you'd call it? Look, I think it'd definitely be a play on words. Um, I sort of thought uh, about, you know, the, the 2008 film 21, which obviously was, was based around the, the infamous MIT blackjack team. Um, so I think, you know, perhaps a sequel to that, I'd, I'd call it COVID-21. Very sensible, very logical. And um, question seven and the final question, what, should we be paying attention to now that will affect uh, blackjack or casino games uh, or casinos after the pandemic? Is there something, is there a source or um, a news story, something that um, that's worth keeping an eye on or, or an ear out for? We did see the government in, in Victoria allow Crown to remain open initially, um, albeit with restricted numbers in place. And I think, as I said, only sort of three to four to a table, uh, less tables open, you know, every second poker machine operating. And, um, you know, there was a, a, a news article um, written um, where Crown also indicated that enforce prescribed maximum densities of people. Um, um, that was in the context of their, you know, food and beverage banquet and, and, and conference centres. 
Um, but look, I certainly think it might be something that might be mimicked on the gaming floor. Um, they also indicated, um, Crown also indicated other sort of precautionary me measures have been implemented uh, at their Melbourne and Perth locations, uh, including, you know, alcohol-based hand sanitizer uh, and, and more frequent and strengthened cleaning measures. So perhaps they might take on board um, some of those suggestions that I raised earlier that casinos probably should be doing. Um, and then I found another news article concerning Macau. Um, I think they also indicated they'd be reducing the number of tables in the casinos um, to keep distance between people. Um, again, not allowing um, people uh, to stand or congregate um, and also reduce the amount of, of, of players at their table. So I think, you know, I think sort of gone are the times where, 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 where people would just be allowed to waltz on into a casino, um, you know, pile around the tables. Um, you know, I think there would need to be some sort of prescribed maximum density in place as, as Crown was sort of starting to do. Um, and, and, you know, certainly more stringent cleaning practices and hygiene practices. Right. Well, I suppose that's, that's can only be a good thing, but I mean, the, I wouldn't have thought of cleaning casino chips would, you know, you'd have to think about the theft of the casino chips as well. But you know, there's me not spending a lot of time in casinos. Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Courtney. If anybody would like any more information, please do check the links in the episode notes. We've put as much information as possible in there. And do subscribe and leave a review where you're listening. I'm Courtney Carthy. Thanks for listening to Post Pandemic. Thank you.